In the following live session recording, Jonathan Lawhon, Media Director for Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, talks about church video systems. This session is a discussion of what church video systems can involve, video projection, camera gear, live streaming, and much more. There are some cost-effective ways to make the most out of what you have and where video production technology is heading in the future. Let's join Jonathan now. I guess um, we'll get rolling. And um, my name, if I haven't met you, my name is Jonathan from Warren Baptist in Augusta. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about church video systems. We'll get to the live stream as part of our conversation today. And when I say conversation, that is 100% what it is. Like, I love just us talking about what our churches are doing, what questions we have about it. So at any point this, this afternoon, stop, ask questions. I'm so used to being behind the camera and behind the board and not the one talking. So this is definitely not my forte, but I love to discuss and share ideas and, and see how we can both learn from each other. Um, so just big picture here, church video systems or video, um, who's it for? I mean, what are we, what are we going to use this top technology for? Um, obviously very, one of probably many of us are doing is in service, visual support for our worship and our teaching. I'm assuming is everybody using some sort of display in their, in the room? Yeah. I would say 99.9% of churches nowadays are using it in some form or fashion. Um, the second way we can use it is to communicate to our members um, through digital displays around the campus. So whether it's out in your foyer, if you got a TV you're running a loop, if it's in the uh, cafe area, if you got one of those, if it's even just pre-service, you know, communication of information to our members and to uh, visitors. Um, we also have the online digital presence. So this is probably where we're going to eventually get to and hang out a lot today is options and uh, and what best suits the needs of our church and how can we engage our people um, with our digital presence. Um, and then as part of that, we'll maybe talk about, if you got questions about television broadcast or live stream, um, both we will discuss some today. Um, kind of big picture, one thing like, Actually, driving over here today, somebody called me. We were talking about streaming their church over in South Carolina. And um, kind of just big picture, though, we have to think whether it's in the service or online even, um, what are we going to do to uh, let me go back one? Be able to produce a high-quality product that is not distracting. So especially, in, you know, we kind of think through that in live worship, how can we make our transition smooth, how can we make things that are appealing on screen, and if the pastor's teaching up on stage and we got some crazy wild background going on in his, behind his notes, you know, draw people, we, we can direct people's attention with visuals, lighting um, is a big one, and then of course sound, but with video it's how can we draw people's attention to the information we want to give them. Um, and one thing I also think about when I talk, when I think about uh, distractions and the production value and level of our churches, is what can your volunteers handle? 
you know, if you're in leadership roles, what what level of skills are your, your volunteers have now? What level of skills do they need to learn to where they can be better equipped to, to where they're not a, being a distraction? What the out what they're outputting from your booth is not being a distraction um, during service. There we go. There's my notes. And part of that is our equipment choice. Um, um, so if you do are doing a new, completely new system, or if you are just adding to, adding streaming to a, a current system, or like John, like Ella doing, and be moving into a gym type area, is the choice of our equipment. Can we DIY, open source it, get it online, but it be kind of clunky and hard? And our volunteers, something happens in the middle of service, and our volunteers are like, I don't know how to change that code to make the stream go live, and I don't know how to, you know, I don't have the background. I'm just, I'm here hitting go live. That's, you know, and, and, and running audio over here or something, because a lot of our guys, you know, maybe one person in the booth doing all kinds of things. So, what level of equipment and simplicity of equipment that works right together to eliminate those distractions and make it where our volunteers can? Um, serve well because because we all know is that they if your volunteers are unhappy they are not going to come back and keep serving every week um, <laughs> so so what can we do to make sure they have a successful experience um, so we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, our a basic video system an intermediate and a more advanced system then we'll talk about some live stream and then um, kind of big picture questions to ask yourself if you're considering doing any of this technology. And then um, I think we, and then we'll have plenty of time we can questions, talk some more, and then the uh, their tech guys here have offered to, we want to go take a look at their system, kind of give us a tour, I think we're still good for that, tour of their system and kind of show, um, I actually haven't seen it, but I'm here is pretty up and coming, state of the art. Yeah, yeah. So you can, we'll, that'll be the advanced, advanced version. Yeah. So basic video system, obviously, if you're going bare bones, you got a presentation software with a computer hooked up to a projector. I mean, that's as bare bones as it gets. But it's a very powerful tool. Um, so how many people, how many, how many of y'all using ProPresenter? All right, what do y'all? Easy Worship. Easy Worship, I've used that one. Media Shop, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've actually used all three of them, and um, I, I love ProPresenter. Whether it's running on a Mac or PC, hands down the best software you know that there is, in my opinion. Um, actually, they all of them have their own place. Um, you know, some of them other places. You know, we won't go there. Um, but I, I've just—I mean—I think we switched to ProPresenter. 16 years ago when I was at ProPresenter 3 or something and it's just even then it was light years ahead of of anything else um, so obviously we've got our in-service support for worship and teaching lyrics and sermon notes um, pre-service slides and videos um, I don't know if y'all any y'all are doing like announcement uh, videos or y'all doing slides or both mix of both yeah, we, we tried to do the every week announcement video. 
And number one, it was hard getting information from all the other ministries and enough time to produce a video to have it relevant. Um, but slides are really, I mean, we've, we've actually got a bank of um, a folder of slides every week they run around the whole campus. We have a closed circuit television around the campus. And then from there, we pick about five or six, kind of like, hey, we really want to highlight these or whoever's doing the welcome is going to talk about this one. Um, our pastor's going to mention this one in the beginning of his sermon. Then we loop those five in the venues. So as people are going around the halls, they see new member pictures, they see something that may be related to just youth. But when they come in the um, worship venues, hey, we got the Gettys coming in October. Here's the slide for that kind of thing. So kind of big picture, so our people aren't just getting hammered with the same redundant information everywhere they go. Kind of break it up, change it up a little bit trying to catch their attention because I don't know if it's like at, at y'all's churches you can put it in the bulletin you can put it on the slides you can send out an email blast and people are going to still say I didn't know we were doing that you yeah. know I've heard it needs to go out seven times yeah people. yeah exactly exactly and so seven different ways so we got them if we got them around the building on the TV and we got it on the loop and somebody says it from the pulpit during welcome or the pastor then Hey, we've done our part to help get, you know, some of those uh, seven seven touches. Um, I don't know how many of y'all, your pastors or your worship leaders, use videos sprinkled in throughout the sermon, or sermon or service. Yeah, like in a sermon intro video. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's something like that. Um, we used to do it every week. We cut, we cut back a lot. Because um, we actually use that as a transition piece to sync up a second venue on campus, and that technology there changed, so we're not have to be quite as in sync as we used to be. Um, but it still can serve a purpose of obviously supporting the message. Uh, pastor can use it for just a, a thought-provoking thing to launch into the sermon, or uh, to bring people from their worship experience into teaching time. Um, and then when you were talking about uh, worship house media um here's some other resources so i don't know if y'all are any of y'all are the ones actually creating content um some of these are subscription based some of these are one-time purchase some of them are free um like unsplash.com is a great it's not a christian base so they got all kinds of photos i mean it's, it's not um, but it's a great place for stock photos, stock photos for your slides and things. Um, completely free. Download it. Use it. Um, I think Freely Photos and Creation Swap both have um, free resources as well. Um, I'm all about not having to reinvent the wheel every time. You know, if you're going to go out and you need a graphic you know, a photo for a graphic of um, a coffee shop or Bible study or something, go grab it, throw your text on it. You can do it in ProPresenter, you can do it in Photoshop, whatever, um, drop it in, you know. No, no sense in having to get a camera and go set stage a shot and photo it, you know, take a photo and all that kind of stuff. He's a good man, man. He knows the operation. I thought he was talking about Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but shift worship, like we use that one 
we have one that is a subscription based monthly subscription we have one for the whole church so our publication teams they use it but if we need it for worship i can log on and and pull backgrounds or photos or anything for that um and one thing i have to kind of catch myself is going back to the distractions is hey, there's some really cool stuff out there and then you know sometimes though you're just like hey that that's really neat as a background for my wallpaper on my computer but you know is that enhancing worship or distracting from worship and um some of them i even found though especially in pro presenter you drop it in and it may be a little busy or maybe too fast or whatever throw that thing out of focus a little bit slow the play rate down a little bit and all of a sudden you got a really nice kind of just kind of color wash moving or something and if you took it back into focus it's got birds flying across the screen or something it's really crazy we got something like that or like i tell my volunteers i'm like don't edit that i mean leave it like it is you can use it like it is but it was one it literally it wasn't birds but it looked like you know when you're a kid and you draw the little v birds you know it looked like some of those flying across the screen i'm like who in the world even put this on the computer because i didn't and i was like but then um we actually had an out-of-town uh, band come in. The guy was going through, he's like, okay, okay. Just took that thing out of focus about 40%, and I was like, brilliant. I was like, and um, so actually on our, we use um, EP, environmental projection in our room, and I've gone to where most anything I put on that screen, I don't put it in focus anymore. Just because it's, it's creating a backdrop, and if we got these bokeh balls floating through the, up the uh, environmental projection so we have our main projection screens in the room but we have a more traditional service for the first hour very contemporary service the second hour and we got these big blank walls our screens and then the choir loft and the organ pipes and all this well I've got a set of three projectors mounted in the very back of the room that are just running backgrounds and those projectors project from almost 180 degrees in the room so they're seamlessly projecting from this stairwell all the way across the back wall, floor to ceiling, the whole width of the wall, all the way to this wall. And so we can run ProPresenter and we can say, uh, we just want to kind of get this mood of, uh, you know, this kind of blue hue. I can hit a background and the whole wall will start turning blue. And it for the whole stage. So it goes from, wall over there where the, um, the things are falling off the wall, like the, those pads fall off the wall. Uh -huh. Imagine like floor to ceiling over there, all the way over to where those people are standing, like floor yeah. to ceiling, the entire thing. You can so if you're down. standing, if you're standing in the um, congregation, you're looking up at the stage, it literally is running your entire peripheral vision. It's so you don't have to re like re one more modern stage or something, you don't have to redo an entire set. I didn't yeah, there's 15 minutes. Yeah, between our yeah, we have 15 minutes between services, and we use and you trying to. Go to the same church, by the way. That's yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah, um, and you could accomplish very similar results with lighting, but when we started looking into it, we probably did this about six years ago or so. The cost of LEDs and some movers and the lighting package was gonna be crazy expensive. Um, I mean, yeah, and then you got to have somebody to be able to program it, and, and then 
have seen. Yeah, and then the technology, you know, I mean, the way technology changes, those lights are going to be out of date in three years. Whereas here, it's three projectors and a, a little device called a triple head to go, which takes the video output of the computer and splits it into three, even left, center, right. And so, so I mean, we've spent, I mean, less than $10,000, easily, way less than 10000 on that. I mean, they're pretty big projectors, but it's still much. We, we put the whole system in for what we could buy two intelligent lights for. And so it was, it was kind of a no-brainer at the time to uh, really help us change that environment. Is it really only that much? I, I would, yeah. you did it before I got there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those projectors are run, I mean, back then, I think they were around three, four grand a piece. Three grand a piece. Yeah. Environmental projection. And there's a resource. Uh, we actually had a guy come demo it before we purchased it. And um, the guy named, his name's Cameron Ware. I think his website is called visualworshipper.com. And, and we actually paid him to come out from Dallas and he brought projectors and we set it up and demoed it to see what it would look like in our room before we pulled the trigger on purchasing. And it's, a, it's been, it's something we've used every single Sunday since then. So is that, is that a, you guys have a second pro presenter person yes. that does that? Yes. So our, our EP, pro presenter person, uh, runs lights and EP. So there we got a lighting board sitting here and we got a Mac sitting here running pro. They're controlling all the visuals. Second pro presenter operator over here is running lyrics. And the interesting thing is our lyrics, when we're running uh, worship lyrics, EP is running over across the entire wall, floor to ceiling, on top of our screens, everything. The lyrics are just white lyrics on black backgrounds. So they are display, we're layering on the wall the two different projected images. So we don't have to uh, have the same backgrounds loaded over here that we do here. So so they're actually just running white text on black background and that's it. Um, but then once we switch to sermons, we don't use EP. We'll get an iMag on the screen, sermon notes are on the screen frame, you know, and so kind of normal operation when we get into sermon time. Um, when we're talking about the displays in our rooms, in our worship venues, um, obviously you, you, you've got the consumer level TVs that are options. Um, then also you have projection and LED panels. Um, most consumer, t consumer TVs I, I personally would not recommend it for your main screens. Uh, we use them, we've used them for our confidence monitors, those type things. Um, they're just not built to handle the, the use and the, the repetitive use and the, you know, staying on for that long every Sunday. I don't know, it's just, they serve their purposes in certain areas, but, and Jim, we can talk to Jim over there at Messenger Media, I don't know if he would, uh, say any different, but um, but I personally don't try to use them as my primary monitors. Um, then uh, obviously with LED panels, like Jim's got an awesome LED setup over there right now. It is very nice and very expensive. Um, yeah, that, and that one he has sitting there is twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. We actually rented one for a conference for our men's conference 
um, from from Jim, and it was 12 feet wide by eight feet tall, roughly. Uh, I think I forgot how many panels it was. It was like 30 something panels. Um, I mean, that thing. If we were to purchase it around the spot, it was like 185 or 100,000. I was like. Yeah, I'm glad your guys are setting that up and not us. That way, if it falls over, it's on you. Um, yeah, they look great. Um, and there are situations where those are equally cost-effective. I don't know if you can use that word when you're talking about that much money for a display. But depending on the situation, the price by the time you did projector and screen and mounts and the whole nine yards, it may be a wash it to, to go with LED wall. But 99% of the churches will never see an LED wall in their room unless it's rented for a special event. Which brings us to projection, which most of us probably do, do have. Now, all I would say now is, hands down, if you're gonna buy a projector nowadays, don't waste your money on anything but a laser. Laser projectors are by far the best option right now. Um, yes, if you looked at the actual price to purchase a laser versus an LED right now, laser is going to be more expensive. But you have between, let's see here, I want to make sure I get it right, 20, an average of 20,000 hours of lamp life on a laser projector versus about 2,000 hours on a standard bulb. And I did the math one time for our most used room at Warren, our multi-purpose room. We have worship Sunday, stuff on Wednesday, stuff throughout the week. I averaged it out, I think it was 12 years that a laser projector would last for our, for our usage. I mean, 20,000 hours, if you break that up of, you know, six hours a week, it actually is on. I mean, yeah, we won't be there after that projector still burning, you know? Whereas the standard bulbs, we, we've we got roughly, you know, 12, about $1,250 to $1,500 worth of bulb maintenance in that one projector in its lifetime. So, so your cost breakdown is very much cost effective to do the laser in the long run. Um, and you don't have to worry about somebody having to maintain those as much. Another um, benefit is standard bulbs, longer they burn, they'll burn, you know, at 95%. Once, you know, for about 800, 900 hours, 1,000 hours maybe if you're lucky, then they start tapering off. And then especially as they get closer to the end of their life, they really start, image quality really starts tapering off real fast. Laser, they run at their capacity until they run no more. You'll have a very small window of that taper off. And, and that's um, another nice thing is we've got, in our main room, we got older projectors and about once a year, I'm replacing bulbs in those just because they may not be blown, but they are looking really, really bad. Um, so I definitely would uh, recommend laser projectors over anything else. Um, all right, so, as kind of our basic system, the big components of our systems. Um, moving into more kind of an in intermediate system um, would be something where you're just introducing other sources. So you've got your pro presenter, 
hey, now we want to introduce a camera. Well, we want to integrate those inputs into a switcher that's going to allow us to display it, whether it's iMac during the pastors speaking or capturing that for playback later. Could playback could be online, could be an archive, um, could be your YouTube channel, podcast, or capture audio for podcast, but some sort of capturing it digitally. Um, and if you are going to get into where the capturing it, really think about your audio. Audio makes or breaks good video. You could have the nicest of nicest 4K H, you know, cameras with a raw switcher, six cameras, and if you got poor audio, nobody's gonna watch it. It's gonna, you know, I'm, audio is huge in the video world. Um, so, so that's kind of a, your intermediate system. We're just adding that extra component of switching. Um, there, there are some options for switchers out there that are very reasonable. Um, Roland makes several that are easy to work, easy to operate, that you don't have to have a bunch of fancy SDI cables and hardware to interface the cameras together. It's take HDMI out of your camera, pop them in the, into this thing, and out you go. Um, really quick and easy. And I would say if you were to run anything from one to four inputs, you know, that type of switcher would be very, very comparable. And especially if you're going just to a single source of your projector. Um, what exactly is a switcher? Okay, perfect, good, great question. A switcher, all it is is a piece of equipment where you can take multiple inputs. So you could take ProPresenter, you could come out of your computer with ProPresenter, and you could have a camera in its input two, you could have a second camera in input three, and this lets you dissolve, switch between those inputs. Okay, you're just gonna use one camera if you need a switcher? Um, no. Well, I take let me take it back. If where's that camera going? Where's that input or that source going? Facebook Live. Okay, if you're just going probably, Facebook Live, probably through Phoenix. Okay, yeah, then you don't you don't have to have a switcher. Okay. And um and actually. You don't have to use any of your video. About that too. Yeah, yeah, and actually, so in y'all situation, um, I'll be excited to show you this little box that we're going to demo here, um, because it actually can take two inputs, and you can actually switch between inputs on this encoder. Um, so it may be kind of a middle ground where you don't need a full scale switcher to switch between inputs. The encoder may do it. And everything you may need for two inputs. Um, all right, any more questions kind of about some of those components? Um, so kind of a little bit more advanced video system. We're at, we're just keep on adding pieces to it. Um, so now we've gone everything up to where we're capturing it digitally on a computer, but now we want to take that video source and we want to stream it. So we can take it out of our switcher into the computer um, and output it to Facebook, YouTube, uh, Vimeo Live, uh, any, of, any of the output sources. And then also you can even add to distribution. So if you do have monitors around your church, if you do have um, you know, a nursing room down in your preschool hallway, if you have uh, a cafe, anything like that, a digital system of network of TVs that you're outputting to. Um, so that's pretty much 
just very basic distribution. Now I will say with any, any of these links, any of these connections between our pieces of equipment, if they're not like in the same booth with each other, then you do have to consider your, your backbone, your structure, your wiring. Um, so if my camera is over in that corner and my boost way over here, well, running a 75 foot HDMI cord over there, probably not gonna be your best bet. Um, if I'm sitting here and my camera's here, that definitely could work. But I would highly recommend um, video encoders or to Cat6 digitally take it from the camera to, to the box, Cat6 out to the booth and bring it back to HDMI if you have to. Um, your quality, it, that'll just really help keep your quality high. Um, you won't have that degrade and you won't have that, that just a loss of signal. Um, and that would be whether it's a computer outputting to, to the projector, if you're doing just that, you know, VGA or HDMI up and over the ceiling, just run a Cat6, Cat6 cheap. You can buy the encoders pretty uh, reasonable as well. Um, so to our actual live stream components, um, obviously we gotta have a source and that source could be a single camera. And if your source is a multi-camera, then we do have to have some sort of switching capabilities. Um, then we have to have an audio and video interface. And so that is just a, a device that's gonna allow you to take audio and video and put it in a format where the computer can access it. Um, and then obviously a computer. And then our platform. So cameras, you can pretty much use any type of camera you want. I mean, we can do it on our phones. But again, it comes down to what kind of quality are we wanting to achieve and wanting to put out there. Um, you know, we really have to kind of look at it from a non-member perspective, if you will. What's a first-time, potential first-time visitor who comes across your website, comes across your Facebook page, what are they gonna see? What are they gonna hear? What are they gonna interact with? And is that gonna make a good first impression? Because um, I would say, to say probably 95 to 99% of the people before they ever cross the threshold of your building, of your church to meet your people, they're gonna come in contact with your digital presence. They're gonna check you out. They're gonna say, hey, what do they have to offer? Whether it's seeing what they have to offer for youth and kids or let me hear what the sermon preacher his style is like let me see what some of the worship's like so we have to make sure what we're outputting to the world is number one represents christ and represents us well not so we get the glory and look good but so they will i guess be encouraged to come join and participate to where you can make those connections and face to face we just had a lady in service last week who had been watching our live feed for a couple weeks yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, I learn almost every week from somebody who either sees our, our live stream, and lately it's been a lot of who watch our broadcast. We'll find, because we're, we're on our local CBS affiliate on Sunday mornings, and and we hear from all of you, we're like, I've been watching y'all for a year, and then finally decided to come, actually come, and I'm like, hey, that's awesome. I'd much rather have you here than at home. Um, but we do have those people who are just not able to come and that's how they participate. And so, 
Um, so talking about our sources, our cameras, um, like this little guy is just a little Sony handy cam type camera, uh, very consumer type camera. I think that camera runs a few hundred bucks, but what it does have is a clean HDMI out. That's gonna be the biggest thing. You don't wanna have something where it's got time code in the corner or battery life in the corner. And we, we have to be able to have it either HDMI or SDI outputs. So we have to make sure we have a camera. Another good camera um, that comes highly recommended is the Canon Vixia G20. Um, it's a great little camera. I think it's the same, you know, definitely under a thousand bucks. It's around that four or five hundred dollar range, um, and it has a like 10x optical zoom. And when you're in these kind of cameras, you're going to hear optical versus digital zoom. Ignore the digital zoom. If it says 100x, completely ignore that because you you don't want to use it. You don't need to use it. Um, so like the G20. It's got like a 10X, so if you're able to get 50 feet from your stage, then you're good. You're, you'll be fine with like about a 10X optical. Um, if you gotta go more than that, or if you wanna punch in to really get into the, the pianist or the band members or something, um, like a G40 in the, the Canon G40, Canon Bixia G40, it's got a 20X optical. Um, but saying both of those have a clean HDMI out, um, real small form factor and then obviously you can get up to thousands upon thousands of dollars um, but with this interface with if, if, if your main goal is just streaming and capturing with this interface we don't really have to worry about audio here and that's where you're gonna save the money in this format um, your next cameras up or when you're going to start having XLR inputs on them. You're going to have um, built-in ND filters. You're going to have you know, better camera controls. And that's when you're going to be spending $1,500, $2,000, $3,000. Um, but like with, with this example, we brought this Blackmagic box. It has a separate audio in, so we don't have to worry about getting audio up here to this guy. Um, so it has like an eighth inch in audio in, but we don't need it. We're not going to use it. Um, computer, obviously, any technically any type of computer will work. I would go ahead and make sure you're investing in something of quality. Um, they actually Messenger Media provided this, so this is actually just a Chromebook. It is a new. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know the specs on it, um, but it it can handle Facebook Live streaming to Facebook Live without a problem. Um, so what you see here between the interface, computer, camera, tripod, cables, you're probably talking five grand or just under. And that would, and that would be actually, I think, I think Jim told me that would be actually Messenger, like actually setting it up. So if you were to piece out these things and buy yourself or you had a laptop ready to go, um, you could definitely come in under that for a single camera. Um, but talking about this little guy, now this, because this may be where y'all's church would be beneficial. I only have one input set up, but it actually has a second input. So you could have input one and input two. And then you actually. Where'd it go? Is that the video audio interface? 
Yes, yeah, so this this is the encoder here. So this has taken audio and video sources and converting it and actually let me plug in USB to the computer. So this is kind of your brains of the bunch. Um, that goes from the camera. Yep, so right now we're running camera to this box, but then I've, I've got audio coming from mixer, so I could have an aux out of my board. I could have, you know, if you got a digital board, you got an Omni out. I could have a separate audio out coming here. This box marries and syncs up your audio and video, and then outputs it to where your computer can accept that. And that box can take either the HDMI or the CAT. This, this will take HDMI in or SDI, um, which is just a higher quality HD signal. Um, but most of the time, I mean, most of you, any of your small cameras like this are going to be HDMI. You won't get into SDI until they're a little bit, little bit bigger cameras. But the cool thing with this little box is that second input. There's a lot of them out there. It, uh, AJA makes one. White Magic makes others that are just HDMI to USB converters. And I mean, they, those run a couple hundred bucks. You know, they're not, they're pretty reasonable. This guy does, I think this one's $599, the $600. But having this second input, I mean, I, I got thinking about either stealing this from Jim or, <laughs> or uh, buying one of my own because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if we're live streaming, I've got my, my source, whether it's a single camera, like in our case, it may be our production switcher coming in. Well, when people aren't watching, or if they tune in, if we start live a little bit early, we start the live stream a little early, well, maybe I want to run a separate ProPresenter loop just for our viewing, our, our streaming audience. Or if I had a welcome video from the pastor that I just wanted to show online, but not show you know, anywhere else, I could have a second computer running ProPresenter. I don't know that I would run ProPresenter off of this, stream it back to itself, but if I had a second source over here, I could hit play, switch to camera one, or, or, or my second input, and then when that video is done, switch back to the camera. And, it, and this does, I did see in the menu where it will dissolve but it's just, I guess maybe because I don't have a second actual source connector right now. And so that's just a really cool, this is the only one that I know of that kind of has that two channel switching built into the encoder. Who makes that? I'm sorry? Who makes that? This is Bly Magic. This is a Bly. the best company name for a church. Yeah. Let's see. Put that on your receipts when you submit This is the Black Magic Web Presenter. Um, there's one made by a company called AJA, and it is an HDMI to USB converter. And then Blackmagic makes another one that's just the converter. And they're real small little boxes, HDMI in. And those boxes, the more simple, then you do have to worry about how am I gonna get audio to that? Because it is just HDMI in. So then now you have to either be content with your built-in audio on the mic, I wouldn't do because audio is real important or you have to get a signal into that camera and then so this is really great because 
It gives you audio meters on the front. It gives you a display of what you're of what's coming in, and it just it gives you some really cool little features for a few hundred bucks more than the than the basic version. Um, oh, Amy, with your with you, we, we're talking about during sermon. If you're switching here and you got ProPresenter, you could actually split your ProPresenter output before it goes to your projector and have your ProPresenter as an input here. So then if you are running sermons and pastor's got a sermon as I've been, so whoever's in the booth could switch to the sermon note while the note, leave the note up for 20 seconds and then switch back to the camera. I believe Easy Worship has the same capability. I read something about it on their website, but it was a lot of technical terms that didn't make sense. Well, and if you so. do it, if you do it in the software, then you're actually going to have to bring your camera into the software and okay. then output. So then that means the, just the workflow is different. So that means your camera is going to have to be on the side screens anytime you want it live streaming. Right. So I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to video background yeah so if you don't if you want to keep the camera just going to your live stream or just going around the building then something like this your this is down what's called downstream or a separate stream than what's going in your room so you've you've got your laptop you got pro presenter going to a splitter and that's going out to your projectors well one of those splits can come over here and help feed your live stream as well okay I just thought of something yeah this is probably really complicated, but I was just thinking, um, if we had an overflow room mm -hmm. that we needed to project the service, sure. but there's some stuff that, like like the choir number for singing with the track, because of copyright issues, we can't put that on the live stream, so can you have, would it have to be a totally separate system to project, but the, the in-house that's, they don't have to worry about the copyright mm -hmm. issues, so they could watch the choir number, yep. so, would that have to be told two totally separate systems, or can you use the same system and somehow, you know, um, pause on the live stream during that? And is well, that if if oh, anyway, I'll go ahead. And yeah, myself. No, no, you're good. I would in that situation if it was me. I and if you if you're having those kind of copyright issues for during worship, I would not start my live stream until sermon starts. I just wouldn't try to. I wouldn't even try to do any any of that before sermon section of your worship, just because this it's gonna get real dicey and real hairy, and a volunteer is gonna eventually forget to hit stop. Well, and, and stop streaming, and then you also have to think if someone's tuned into my stream and they're hearing the welcome and greeting and stuff, which is not copyrighted, obviously. Well, if the stream stops, they're gone. 99% of people are not going to watch it. They're not going to stick around and wait 15 minutes while y'all are worshiping to pick back up with the sermon. Now, if they catch and will tune in for the sermon, you know, they'll stick stick with it. So if it was me, this guy does have a HDMI loop out. I don't know if this switched. I mean, I'll have to find out if that's like an this output and this output are the same but I would come out of this and have that to a cat 6 converter get over to your second room because this will give you audio off your board and give you video then I would use the output of this 
to take it to your second overflow room. And then I would just not click go live until right before the pastor comes up. Okay. So there, because everything that comes into this box can still can be your whole service. Everything that's coming into here is the camera shooting the whole service, audio's coming off the board, but until you go live, you wouldn't have to worry about that copyright. But the output of this box from the HDMI out, you can send to overflow, to the nursing room, to any of your on-site uh, sources or destinations, sorry, um, without actually having to stream it live. Um, other option would be set up a stream, but set up a private stream and don't do it public. And then like a computer in your overflow room can log in to your private stream and stream it there. That would be another option. That'd be, yeah, because our overflow room would probably be the fellowship hall, which is a totally separate building. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. computer guy, he could do that. So that would be, um, so talking about all these multi-computers, multi multi-venues, now you're talking about having two computers on your network. Um, one component that is here, but we haven't talked about it, is your network. You're gonna have to have a pretty substantial connections and reliability. And that's a big thing is the reliability. Um, I definitely would, wherever it is in your booth, have a wired connection. I mean, Wi-Fi is great when it works um, or when you can get a signal. But what we've learned at Warren is we could test Monday through Friday 24-7 and it's gonna work great. But if you have open networks at your church, you are going to be, you're gonna be bumping elbows with everybody else trying to surf the web during pastor's message or get download sermon notes or you know whatever traffic is on your network. So before you launch any streaming, I definitely would highly recommend if you have an IT guy or volunteer or something, find a way to monitor the traffic on your network. Um, for like weeks, we were having issues because we were actually trying to live stream, technically live stream from our one campus to our other campus across town. And according to all the specs, we should have plenty of bandwidth, but between the firewall settings, the router settings, and then the additional traffic on Sunday, we could not get a clean transmit out there. It would drop, it would buffer, it would glitch, and so we set up for about three weeks and actually could watch our network and the actual traffic uh, on the network and the um, available bandwidth. And we found out even when we partitioned out the network to give us 10 megs of speed for this one computer, it still was getting bottlenecked out by the time it hit the internet provider. And then you got the internet provider to deal with too. Um, and you know, if they, if they uh, decide to do some construction or testing or rebooting a server on the weekend, you know, so yeah. So needless to say, we don't we don't transmit live to our second campus anymore. Um, we actually take this laptop and drive it out there, and um, it's reliable. And we've been doing that two, th two, three years now. We started that right before I So and we have had one one service where it didn't work right. But it was... Prior to that, we had many, many services. 
services that <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> I will say one, one thing we we haven't needed to go to reinvestigate, but I, I have done some investigation for other churches that there are some platforms that are, are pretty reliable as far as like multi-site transmission. Yeah. Um, living as one is one that gets the most raves. It's, it's a, just a transmission service called Living as One. Uh, there, I know the multi-site church thing has kind of exploded, and, um, but it's there are churches that are like so. One Seacoast Church in, in, in South Carolina, um, they have campuses where like the it's on a little island on the coast where they still have like dial-up DSL type connection, um, and they still still are able to to watch the service. Yes, yeah. pretty incredible. And I, and I think that's what we're looking at. Like we're doing an event uh, next month and we're gonna be live streaming out to our other campus. But we were going the route of a point to point stream. So it was an encoder decoder over your internet provider. And, but I don't think it accounted enough for the, the buffer, the upload buffer and the download buffer. Whereas, you know, services like this where they're, they are technically live streaming it, they're, You've got that buffer built in, um, and and they do it well. So, um, so so this little box, I'm I'm really liking it. Um, I'm, I'm probably picked us up one. So that would be a, a great option for many of our situations. Probably actually most of them. Um, there are other options where you can eliminate the computer altogether, the computer side of things. Um, if they have an encoder. Uh, I know the mission board uses those little, those little black boxes. I actually had an iMac. Ter or their Teradec. V vid EU vid EU V I D I U Pro. It's a little box about this big. Takes a video in, and then this actual little box, the encoder, connects to your streaming platform. That is a cool option, and. Uh, could be a successful option, say if you were a set up a teardown type um, facility where you just needed to come in, it needed to get on the web, and you just kind of need to hey hit a button, hit start, and really bare bones. Um, and then it's, from what I've researched, as long as it can do an RTMP manual address, then it, it can pretty much plug into any of your streaming platforms. Um, but are any of y'all set up teardown? So you got facilities. Then I, there's no really need to spend that extra money because they're a little bit more expensive. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yep. No, no, you're good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think we kind of hit most of these. Um, are most of y'all thinking probably Facebook Live or YouTube Live for your for your platform? Um, if because if you want them to hit your website, then you kind of have to introduce another software. So we have a hardware encoder, which is basically given the video format to where the computer can accept it. Um, but if we want now to take this source that we've gotten to our computer and plug it into our website, then you got to use a video, another digital encoder, 
Uh, so OBS is one, Ecamm, VMix, Livestream. Um, but Facebook Live and YouTube, I think, can just take the camera input straight in. Um, so we're going to do a couple, just throwing these out there. I think everybody is kind of, um, I don't know, exploring the idea of live stream um, or doing it maybe. Um, but I, I read the article, this guy Jake Goslin. Um, he just he raised some interesting points. It was questions. He, he said questions to ask yourself before starting live stream um, is why do we need to live stream our worship? So you know, and this is this is coming from a guy who we, we live stream. Um, but why is there really a need there for it? Um, is the are we doing it just to say we can live stream online, or do we have you know? Several folks are, are shut in, they can't get out, and this is the only way we're going to be able to get them the, the, the worship. Do we have military? Do we have, um, I don't know, people who need this? And is this, or, or is this going to be a, an outreach tool um, for us? Um, is the cost versus return worth it? You know, we go back to what we, we talked about before is. We want quality, we want good audio, we want good video, and if we're gonna spend $5,000 on equipment, is that $5,000 we're gonna get the return on that? Are we gonna get people engaged with it? Um, or is that $5,000 gonna be best spent on our website or on youth ministry or children's ministry or worship? Um, so just think about that as, as y'all are developing this resource is is the return on your investment going to be worth it is you know is there that need in our community for it um you know we want to make disciples and multiply disciple makers and is does this fall into a uh into that mission of our church um and again what kind of first impression will this make on potential visitors and one thing I have to keep asking ourselves is, if we don't do it live, there are our, our alternatives. You could do audio podcast. You could capture the video, and and put it online on YouTube or Vimeo or something. Um, so I'm not saying don't get the message out there, but if we can't do it live and do it well live, then maybe you know a video blog or a video post or an audio podcast maybe a good alternative for us to get this message out there to our uh, to our community and so so just some questions just to think about and kind of mull over and ask your leadership um so we kind of talked about the camera the encoder but this was um this is this laptop's just showing facebook live and it really is that simple you went to live video and then over here on the drop down you can choose the webcam or you can choose the black magic it's, it is that easy as far as actual setting it up with this setup um that was a beauty beautiful thing with this encoder your computer just thinks you plugged up another webcam to it it does all the the drivers are built into it and all this i don't even think matt had to download a thing it's just plug in usb and it's like oh hey here's a webcam it's an option as your input on your computer so it's that simple um, so you wouldn't even need something like VMix. 
Nope, not not to do Facebook. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You would not need any. Uh, if you're doing Facebook or YouTube, you don't need any additional encoder software. So like this box does it all for you, so you wouldn't have to purchase that. I know, I think VMix is like 80 bucks or something. It's, it, the basic is, you can actually get free, the basic, and then the yeah. couple levels, they actually have an option that they give away a subscription to churches. It's okay. A, it's a faith-based. Okay, and I think um, from what I know about VMix, it's actually a video mixer, of the, it's a switcher. Yeah. So you can actually have multiple inputs and you can switch between inputs and then output that that mixed source. But you still have to get those video inputs into the computer. And the more processing you need, you try to do on the computer with that, the more beef for every computer you're gonna have to have. So you're kind of trading off, you're like, okay, do we wanna be able to have a full-blown production switcher digitally in vMix, or do we want to have a little more simple standalone switcher switch and then just let the computer encode and send it out to the web? Yeah, yeah. Is there, does the computer specs, do you need a, um, is there anything for like a video card? Do you need? Well, most, I mean, most of them now, if you're gonna be running a laptop, I mean, I would, no, <laughs> I don't think there's anything, I wouldn't say, uh, I just don't. remember that our, we have a guy in our church whose business is IT, and he okay. volunteers his time to fix our computers, mm -hmm. like, anyway, um, so, at one point, lightning strike and our video card was fried. Yeah. It was like a super duper video card. This is just for for projecting on the, we have got two projectors in front and back. Okay. And he had to get like this really super duper video card just for the two projectors. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if he did something like that. No, not for, not, for, not for streaming because the video card is outputting your computer to your projectors or, or whatnot on video streaming you're taking a this box is going to encode your source your camera source and your audio source down to a very manageable uh size file yeah then that's going to take it so it actually technically it doesn't actually run through your your video card because this coming in usb i mean really it is but it but that that horsepower that he's probably putting on that video card is those outputs okay and which the source coming in through the USB is never actually going to go output through that video card. Okay. But most of them nowadays, I mean, you're going to be running something with at least two gigs of RAM on the video card. And, um, you know, if you're like on the laptops, like if, or if I'm running this on ProPresenter, I want a pretty decent video card in here because I'm, I got a high resolution display and I want I'm gonna give him a heads up that we're gonna Okay. That I have no clue where it is though. It's just the sanctuary. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, then, yeah, then if I'm running multiple displays, then yeah, you want, you want to have enough processing power to be able to um, output as well as display on your, on your laptop or desktop. But, um, so I feel like I talked a bunch. Y'all got any more questions or any other? Um, audio. Mm -hmm. Is there a way so that I mean we've got we've got 
it's set up so that what's going to the pastor's home is a separate thing so we can we can uh, adjust separate in the sound sure. booth. But is there any way so that the person who's not the sound person, but the person who's running the streaming stuff, can they adjust the audio? Uh, that would depend on your mixer. Um, okay. So like, I'm not real familiar with this one, but let's say you had um, iPad control. Like we run the Yamaha M7 in one of our in two of our venues, and I can log in with a with the iPad to the app, and I can run the board from my app. Yeah, I could do that too. I was just wanted to see if there was a way to keep so it wouldn't have to go through the board. No, it it, it, it would. And the only way you would be able to do that is if you had a split of the snake, and you'd have to have a separate board and separate. So, yeah. so the only way. So if you have an aux out of here and say aux 8 is designated as your streaming aux, then your operator would have to be able to have the iPad and be only looking at aux 8 and not your house mix, um, and then be monitoring through headphones or something there that mix and then actually adjust the levels. That'd be, that'd be the only way to do it. Everything on one board. Um, it's kind of like our, um, our worship leader during rehearsal, they use wireless inner packs that are coming straight off the board, not through an Aviom system. So they're up at the front of the stage without any Avioms and the band in the back. They're, they're, Avion is um, in-ear mixers. So from the board, we're sending 16 channels of audio to the stage and every player has a little mixer and they can actually adjust bass, guitar, drums, vocals, and that's only affecting their ears. Wow. Um, but then at the front of the stage, the worship leaders have just a what looks like a wireless mic pack, but it's going to their earbuds. And then the source from this feeding this pack is an aux off the board. And so he can actually go on the iPad, go to the in-ear mix one, and then he can go in there and mix his ears okay. how he wants them on stage and not have to be like, hey, do you, can you turn my guitar up? Hey, can you turn my guitar down? And you do all, you know, he can tweak it and dial it in. Um, and they, and so they have an iPad that sits on the stage during rehearsal. They don't do it during service, but during rehearsal, he can, the female vocal, she can run over there and pull up her ears and tweak the mics, tweak the levels, go back singing. Um, so it'd be the same principle if you had somebody monitoring your live stream audio and can mix your live stream audio that way. Uh, any other questions? And if if not, if y'all want to go take a look, we'll go take a look. For those that want to take a break before the next session, can take a break. <laughs>